the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. That's right. It is the Nick D podcast right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Uh, it is episode number 43. Uh, coming up on the episode, our good friend Dan Feinberg is going to join me uh, just in a couple of seconds. He is our TV guy uh, who writes for The Hollywood Reporter. Great TV critic who also has his own uh, website, The Fine Print. You can read all his reviews and all his thoughts on television. F-I-E-N, The Fine Print. Lots of TV talk to talk about with Dan Feinberg. Esmeralda Leon is going to join me after that. She is my buddy, my pal, my cohort in crime. We're going to be talking about... Uh, Crazy TV theme songs that are sung by actors. Some also some really scary, actual, uh, crazy facts that are real that will scare the crap out of you. We're going to continue with our weird flavor, uh, weird flavored candy taste test with blood flavored lollipops. And my dad, my eighty year old fantastic dad Nick, uh, who loves to tell jokes, tells jokes every Tuesday on the podcast. Has been telling jokes for me on my radio show for years and continues to do so on the podcast. He drops by every Tuesday to tell a joke, so my dad will tell a joke. If you want to be a part of the podcast, please, we want to hear from you. Feedback, comments, questions, anything. We love you. We want to hear from you. We listen to the voicemails. We play the voicemails on uh, the podcast. We read the emails, and we read uh, the emails on the podcast as well. Voicemails, 773-417-6948. Emails, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback. My thanks to uh, Jason Skaggs as well. And while you're checking us out uh, at radiomisfits.com in every single place you can uh, get your podcast any platform, take the time to rate and review us and give us your feedback. Um, before we jump into it, I just wanted to mention that um, just a, a couple of hours ago, I heard that uh, the great actor Philip Baker Hall passed away. Uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. He was 90 years old, so he had a nice long run. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great life. That's a long, beautiful life. And he did amazing work um, in films, a ton of television. Uh, but Philip Baker Hall, one of my favorite actors ever, who is, in fact, Jimmy Gator from my favorite movie of all time. He's in Magnolia. He also worked with Paul Thomas Anderson in Boogie Nights. He was also the lead in Hard Eight. You remember him from Midnight Run, uh, from the Rush Hour movies. He's been in a ton of stuff. He is Mr. Bookman, the library cop in Seinfeld, in what I think is the greatest guest star performance in the history of television, and especially sitcoms. Uh, he played Nixon in Robert Altman's film version of the one-man show Secret Honor, and that was the first time I remember seeing him. Um, been in a, a, a ton of stuff, uh, just a legendary, great character actor. Uh, been working since, like, the 70s, uh, tons of TV. But uh, for me, you know, Secret Honor, Nixon... You know, amazing in that in that big lead performance and his work with Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, including Jimmy Gator, as I said, uh, in my favorite movie of all time, Magnolia. Uh, so uh, Philip Baker Hall, 
Um, he can now hang out with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now they can maybe act together again. Um, or, you know, Dennis Farina can tell him to go get a, go eat a sandwich, uh, do some fucking thing like he did in Midnight Run. Now he and Dennis Farina can hang out. Anyway, one of my favorite actors of all time. Nice long run. Rest in peace to the great um, Philip Baker Hall, a tremendous actor. And if you get a chance, uh, check him out in all those movies. Uh, you know, Heart Eight uh, is also an, an amazing performance. He's the lead in that. Great supporting stuff in Boogie Nights. Great supporting role in, of course, the greatest movie ever, Magnolia. But Philip Baker Hall, man. Uh, amazing. And again, check out the library cop episode of Seinfeld for, I think the funniest guest starring episode, uh, performance in TV history. Oh, you know who else likes it? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of TV, we're going to jump into, I'm sure we'll mention, uh, I'll, I'll mention, uh, Philip Baker Hall to my, uh, to my, uh, to my buddy here, uh, Dan Feinberg. And, uh, we'll talk to him after I tell you, congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. Dan Feinberg. It always seems like a breaking news report when Dan's on. That's Dan Feinberg. Um, he is TV writer, critic, all-around good guy. Writes for The Hollywood Reporter, and you can check out thefineprint.com, F-I-E-N. Dan, always fun to talk TV. How are you, my friend? I am okay keeping yeah. busy because what else would any of us be doing? How are you doing, Nick? I'm all right. Prepping for some, we're going to get some hot weather over the next couple of days here. Uh, we're supposed to be in the uh, upper 90s tomorrow uh, with heat indices and the low 100s. So it should be very pleasant to be walking around. I assume you will then spend roughly the next two months after that in roughly that vicinity. So <laughs> yeah, summertime in Chicago. <laughs> and I just, you know, I mean, I just, I'm not really looking forward to it because I'm going to a movie screening uh, tomorrow and uh, it's a bit of a, it's not a hike, but it's a pretty good trek from the subway stop to the theater. Um, and on top of that, I'm going to see that damn Elvis movie. Uh, so I, not that I could even feign excitement for it beforehand but now i've got to walk through you know liquid <laughs> liquid air to see a movie i know is gonna suck uh and it's two hours and 40 minutes i can't i though but the way to look at that is that it's two hours and 40 minutes of very nice air conditioning that's so. the, that is seriously dan that's exactly how i'm looking at it I, i'm like it's I, a I will, principle <laughs> I, I will be sitting in a movie theater in an air-conditioned moving theater for nearly three hours i'll ignore the fact that i'm watching a baz Luhrmann movie that will be uh, the, 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 I'll just enjoy the air conditioning. So anyway. 
sometimes that is the only thing that you got going for you. So exactly. just take advantage. Sometimes uh, the popcorn. Sometimes the popcorn is good. Also, so I will. You... I'm. I'm gonna like have some popcorn. I'm gonna have some uh, M and M's. I'm gonna try and distract myself from the turd that I will be watching for two hours and forty minutes. Perfect. Uh, so don't even. Don't go. even need to worry about what country it is that Tom <laughs> Hanks decided that uh, the Colonel <laughs> Parker is from. <laughs> don't even need to worry. Oh man. Oh god. It's gonna be so bad. Anyway. Um. Fine print, uh, talking about TV and all kinds of cool stuff. Before we jump into the TV stuff, you've been covering some stuff for Tribeca. The Tribeca Film Festival is now underway. I saw Robert De Niro's uh, uh, fantastically uh, energetic appearance on, on, on Colbert the other night. See, <laughs> I'm just, I did not see it, but I am just assuming that you are being sarcastic because he has never had a fantastically <laughs> energetic appearance. No, no. It was, it was your typical Robert De Niro talk show appearance. Um, and I don't know. I find them kind of amusing to watch. Uh, but Colbert, you know, he's obviously he's he's a very big fan of Colbert, which is why yes. he did the show. So that's you know, he I don't think he does. He doesn't do a lot of those shows, but he did Colbert to plug uh, Tribeca. And uh, what have you been what have you been seeing um, in, in connection with uh, the Tribeca Festival? As always, I am on the documentary beat for the festival scene because I guess that's just kind of what overlaps most with what I do, since most of these eventually end up on PBS, HBO, Netflix, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I watched the opening night uh, documentary, which was Butterfly in the Sky, which is the latest in an ongoing apparent series of Here's a documentary about TV shows that you liked when you were a kid. Uh, So it's following in the footsteps of the Mr. Rogers documentary and the Sesame Street documentary. And so this one is about reading Rainbow and it's a lot of LeVar Burton and it's it's okay. Like, I think ultimately it's just entirely possible that the story of reading Rainbow is a less interesting story. And thus, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. what and it's also did... not it's also not of my generation. I was too old for that show. So. Yes, you would you would definitely be a few years too old. And I'm yeah. I'm kind of right on the cusp. It it premiered right. in 83, 84, and I definitely remember watching it. I feel like I probably watched it more because my my younger brother was watching it. So sure. it's it was not it, you know, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street were completely and totally formative, formidable, all of that stuff. Reading yep. Rainbow, a hair less so. Yep. Uh, what else have I watched on the documentary scene? There was a documentary about Yogi Berra. Uh, yeah, that's which... that's your that's your main story right now that the, that pops up on the fine print when you go there, um, and I'm really interested in that. Uh, uh, it ain't over. I've always found Yogi Berra to be a fascinating. Uh, Fascinating and interesting character. He and it, I think it does a good job of of presenting that of presenting Yogi Berra as a man. It sort of spends a lot of time concentrating on you know he had a sixty five year marriage uh, yeah. and and I found that all very sweet. Uh, let's see what else did I watch? I watched something called Subject, which I thought was actually really good. It's following up with a lot of the famous subjects of famous documentaries. So it's a lot of you know, people from Hoop Dreams, from The Staircase, uh, from Capturing the Freedmen, sort of talking about the documentary ethics of being a documentary subject, how it changes oh. your life, and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It is. Yeah, it's it's only 90 minutes, and my biggest problem with it was that I would have watched a 10-part documentary on it. That's such so. a great idea. Why have why has <laughs> no one ever done that? I mean, that's... That is a fantastic idea for a documentary, is being the subject of a documentary and how that affected and changed. What a great idea. It's a it's a really good idea. It's a really good thought. And it goes into a lot of interesting documentary ethics 
conversations, you yeah, know, yeah, would, yeah. would it be better if we were paying people? So for example, Steve James and the Hoop Dreams team uh, has over the years, once Hoop Dreams started making money, they paid the two kids. So they've been paying them for 20 years. And yet uh, another reason to love Steve James. If I, if I, I mean, if I couldn't think of another reason to already love the guy, I mean, geez. No. And so that, and so that's a good thing. And so it becomes a conversation of, is that a thing that people could reasonably do? Is that a thing that, you know, how would that impact among other things, the truth? But uh, so Arthur Agee is the player who actually is featured. William Gates is not, but he talks about how over the course of these 20 years, thanks to this documentary, he's gotten checks for about $500,000, which wow. is great. You feel super about that. Also, you see how he's kind of parlayed this into a career as, to some degree, an inspirational speaker. You know, sort of, it's it's given him a platform that he's used largely for good, and so that's fantastic. But then you also have the, the you know one of the, one of the uh, daughters from the staircase talking about basically how it's ruined her life. There's a lot of this is how this ruined my life kind of stuff, and and mm. that's that's tougher to watch, and that's that's kind of a reminder of how slippery documentary ethics is. I could watch much more of that. Uh, the latest one I just filed is a uh, documentary about the relationship between Robert Caro, who is, of course, a biographer who wrote The Power Broker and wrote the soon-to-be five-part Lyndon Johnson biography series. Uh, and it's basically been his life work, and it's the story of his relationship with his editor also of 50 years. And I am a large fan of his work, and so I thought that was a great documentary. So yeah, lots, lots and lots of documentary stuff, which, as a rule, if nothing else, produces stuff that you're interested in, and therefore yeah. I enjoy doing it at festivals. Very cool. Very, very cool. And we'll look for that. And again, uh, many they're playing the festival circuit. Or right now it's playing Tribeca, and some of these might play the festival circuit, get a theatrical run. But eventually, and more than likely, they will end up um, uh, on, your, uh, on your TV somewhere. Absolutely. On a streaming service or something somewhere. All right, cool. Hey, uh, so I, you know, the last time that we spoke, might have been the last time or the time before, you were talking to me about the show Hacks. And that I had not, uh, I had not uh, watched it, um, and uh, and that you encouraged me to watch it for several reasons. And you told me that uh, Hannah Einbinder was in it, and that in fact that she was Lorraine Newman's uh, daughter, and that she's in it. And obviously, I'm a fan of Gene Smart, as any normal, well-respected human being is. And I watched it. Um, <laughs> I watched both seasons. I tore through it in like uh, two days, um, and. Uh, on you know who's going to be on my on my uh, podcast uh, just the next episode in a couple of days? Are you aware? Um, I am not. You're going to have to tell me. Is it Hannah Einbinder though? <laughs> no, it's oh, Rose. Okay. It's Rose Abdu. Ah, okay, yes. And I, she... I have my 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 very first denizen of Stars Hollow <laughs> ever will be on my podcast, um, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And she's hilarious and great on Hacks. From so many other TV shows, uh, she's so ra- uh, uh, you know she's so Raven and and so many other things does a lot of great voice work. Uh, but I mean, she's forever going to be Gypsy uh, from Gilmore Girls for me. But she's really great on Hacks, and uh, you know I, I started watching it based upon your recommendation, and then I I actually reached out to 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 Rose, and you know she's got a lot of connections here in Chicago. She spent a good deal of time here at Second City and doing theater here, and so. I know her through other people, and she knows people, and she immediately said, yeah, I'll do your podcast, and I'm very excited. She'll be on with me on uh, the next, next episode. 
I, I hope that she is a good interview subject. They they don't really use her all that much on Hacks, but when they use her, she is generally very fun. Yes, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. And of course, the first question I'm going to ask her is, does she now hate Anita Baker? Um, <laughs> that's the first question I'm going to ask her because she had to hear Sweet Love uh, like 8,000 times. That was a running joke. I loved Hacks, man. I just loved it. I thought it was great. I especially thought it really took off in the second season. Um, I, I thought the first season was great. The, the, the chemistry and the relationship established between Gene, Gene Spar. Well, why don't you first of all tell everyone, for people who might not know about it, the premise of Hacks. The premise is very simple. It is a young writer gets into trouble on social media, suddenly finds herself without work. The only job that she can take is working for a legendary stand-up comic as her ghostwriter, basically. The legendary stand-up comic is a little bit uh, Joan Rivers, but various and sundry other things, Phyllis Diller, etc. Comics of a certain age of a certain period. She moves out to Las Vegas to work for her as the comics stage show in Las Vegas is struggling and dying. The second season takes them on the road. Um, I did see that you were a, a fan of... Uh, of the character Weed, played by the always oh, tremendous Laurie Metcalf. I, uh. I can't even explain. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she obviously, she's Laurie Metcalf, and she's, you know, without peer. But my God, was she funny. Oh, is she funny. She is tremendous, and she is so good at getting value out of so little. She's, yep. in, like three, yep. she's in, like, three scenes of, of, um, <laughs> of The Dropout. And they are yeah. the three best scenes of the dropout. Yeah. Uh, she is absolutely a standout in Hacks. So, yes, so season two um, just concluded. I haven't watched the finale yet. I don't know that I'm saving it for anything. I was mm. I was trying to watch it last weekend as I was flying back from the ATX TV Festival in Austin and my phone wouldn't connect. So mm. I didn't. But I'm definitely going to watch it because it's a good, solid show. It's, it's great. And the, ra- and the wrap up is very satisfying. And um, um, I don't. I mean, you know, based upon the finale, I really don't see the need for a third season. Um, it tells the story completely and very satisfactory by the end. Um, and that's no, that's not, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't like to see these characters and these actors and these actresses work more because they're great and the show is terrific. But it does wrap it up perfectly. And that's always a struggle because I assume that we're in the next, say, two to three minutes going to talk about another show that one could argue did something very similar. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, Hacks, I thought was great. And the reason I liked the second season a little bit more was because um, it, like a lot of shows, and and you can probably speak to this, Dan, sometimes that first season is like, let's establish the tone, let's establish the main characters in the story. And then that second season allows the ensemble to really kick ass. And that is absolutely true of season two of Hacks. Uh, like the the supporting characters really get moments and really get to shine a lot more um, in it. Like uh, you know, and again, Martha's in it. Martha Kelly's in it <laughs> for at playing the, like the head of HR at the agency firm. Uh, and uh, Jim, the the guy who plays Jimmy, uh, her agent uh, from Broad City, one of the creators of Broad City, one of the creators of this show. He's great. The 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 girl who plays uh, the daughter of the guy who owns the agency, W. Earl Brown from Deadwood. She really gets to kick ass in it, and they're very funny, and their stuff is very funny. And the supporting stuff, Rose Abdu gets to do some more stuff, bringing in people like Laurie Metcalf. Uh, uh, Margaret Cho shows up. Uh, uh, um, uh, God, who comes in as the director? Why am I? Uh, Susie Essman uh, comes in, and she's great. So, 
Uh, what, what did you think the, the difference between that second season and the first season? Uh, well, honestly, to me, part of what I found was maybe a little bit lacking is because I kind of missed the Las Vegas settings and locations from the first season. And I thought that the second season kind of was missing uh, a home base, as it were. I didn't mm. necessarily think it made things significantly worse, but I kind of liked the grounding of the Las Vegas setting and showing a different side of Las Vegas and all of that. And the second season was sort of taking a bus through middle America and then they stopped doing that. And it was like, okay, fine. That was just a thing we did for a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it, it is a very sharply written show and it has, as you say, a great ensemble and Gene Smart is fantastic. And I think Hannah Einbinder keeps getting better and better. I was yeah. not sure probably for the first few episodes, you know, what her voice was, what was what was her playing something versus her being inexperienced, etc. In the second season, I mostly thought, okay, this is actually a performance and it's yeah. a very, very good and very, very likable, funny performance. That's exactly how I felt about her too. I, I thought, okay, she's fine. And in the, in the, it was the second season where I was like, okay, she's really sort of kicking ass in this. Uh, I didn't even mention Caitlin Olsen, for God's sake, as, uh, <laughs> as the daughter. She's hilarious in it. Uh, Christopher McDonald, who's one of my favorite, most reliable supporting character actors of all time, uh, also great in it. Um, great cameos by like you know Wayne Newton is in it because you know some of it takes place in in Vegas, so he has to be in it. Um, I think legally. Um, and there's so many great bits in it and so much funny stuff. I loved when they were on the tour bus playing Celebrity. Uh, that is one of my favorite. <laughs> My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the in the entire thing. I just thought I think the show's great, and you can tear through it. It's a, every episode. It's not one of these shows we were talking about the last time. Like, you know, Stranger Things is now seventy five minutes an episode. Um, <sighs> yeah, this is uh, half an hour under half an hour every episode, no longer than that, and you can tear through it. I did it in uh, I did it in two days, and I could have done it in one had I just like sat down and did it. And it's and it's incredibly entertaining. Definitely a strongly recommended show. I agree. All right. Now, well, you brought it up. Um, <laughs> we were going to get there anyway. Well, so of course we were. Well, might as well um, pivot in that direction. Well, all right. So Barry, they announced that Barry is coming back for a third season uh, with the great announcement that Bill Hader will indeed be directing every episode, not just splitting the job between him and Alec Berg or somebody or other guest directors. But Bill Hader is going to be directing every episode of the third season. Uh, and again, uh, <laughs> how are we going to do, how is this going to happen? Dan, do you have any hunches as to how, after watching the finale last night, uh, how in God's name are they going to just suddenly have a third season out of this? I do not know. And <laughs> I don't like, I've gone out of my way to not read any of the interviews that Bill Hader has done. I know that Hollywood reporter has one. My colleague Ryan did the interview and I'm sure it gives some indication. I saw, it's sort of an out of context Twitter line about how the next season is going to be more intentionally comedic, I, I guess, but I don't necessarily understand how that's going to work. Uh, you know, I, to, to me, absolutely. This felt like it could have been a series finale if that's what they'd wanted to do. Yeah. Now I think probably Bill Hader has earned the, the right and the ability to say, okay, I do have one more season left in this, so yeah. go for it. And, that, and that's as far as I'm going with it, because certainly, and again, without spoiling people, because it was just a night or two ago. Uh, right. But yeah, it, it felt like they probably took the series where the series was going, and so now it becomes a, well, okay, but where does the series go after the end of the series? And yeah. I have no answer to that, but 
goodness gracious, Bill Hader is tremendous. And I'm just yeah. going to keep saying yeah. over and over again how great this season Sarah Goldberg was. She was amazing. I mean, that last episode, my God. I mean, man. I mean, the, the, the whole season, but really that last episode was just kind of breathtaking. There's a couple scenes in particular, one in particular, where it's like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of stuff in that episode where I was just on my couch going, whoa. You know, like in terms of what was happening. Uh, Bill Hader is just such an inventive and remarkably creative uh, director. And we, you know, we've talked about this in the past, Dan. He's obviously, he's a movie dork. He's a geek. Um, he loves movies. And that shows in just the way he directs. And he, he, you know, every episode that he directs has been outstanding and only gets better, you know, which each one. And this last episode that he directed, well, I mean, it was, some of the stuff he did was kind of astonishing, actually. It. It was a really, really good season. I still, I'm still needing to sort of step back and get kind of my sense of of where it, you know, because we have to. <laughs> it has become the time at which one has to do mid season top tens and other things like that. So yeah, I have to step back and kind of give a big picture look at the eight episodes. It, it was a very, very satisfying season, and really the last handful of episodes in particular were particularly well-directed, uh, well-acted, everybody shining. Not really all that funny, but occasionally funny. I would definitely say the past couple episodes were much more in the dramatic vein, uh, yeah. but that's what the show does. My review of the start of the second season said that the show was basically now a drama with a couple laughs. And then the second half of the season had more laughs in the second season. This season started off with more comedy and then, and probably in terms of comedy peaked with episode six. And then it had two episodes that were very, 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 very dark. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, it's something though. Uh, it's, it's just great. And, uh, Obviously, HBO uh, it must be doing well for HBO because I don't think they would just give him a second season and let him direct every episode if they didn't if they weren't satisfied with the product. Um, I think it's great, and uh, and I think you know like it just keeps getting better and more creative and more power to Bill Hader to do what he. I'd love to see him direct a feature. I really would. Certainly, at this point, I would be happy to turn things over to him to let him do whatever he wants to do. And But obviously, he feels like there are more stories that he wants to tell here, because there was the whole conversation that he had with multiple people about how, during the pandemic, they had already started writing episode, I mean, season four. And so, you know, that was obviously the thing he had that he wanted to get out of his system as opposed to there was a pandemic. So he wrote a feature that he wanted to direct. So right, right. when he has that feature, he wants to direct. I look forward to seeing it short term though. He's doing pretty damn good work on this. Yep. Great stuff. So Barry uh, season finale, boy, that went by quick. Oh, it's just so, so fast. Eight so episodes. Fast. And man, and also I give the, you know, lots of people I've on Twitter, have sort of not necessarily complained, but they've sort of said, ah, the episodes go by too fast. And I think they do, but I still appreciate the restraint of it all. Like I settled into the finale last night, assuming it was going to be a 45 minute or a 50 minute finale, because that's just what (laughs) happens. That's just what happens on TV these days is everything bloats. And so you get to a finale and it's all double or triple length. Nope. That was that was just a half hour and unquestionably I was not paying attention to where I was in the episode. I was astonished that it was over. It went so fast. I agree. I totally agree. And that's a good thing, I think. Oh, Uh, better. Leave them wanting more rather than the other. (laughs) And I want more, and we're going to get more. So we'll see uh, what that happens. Now, speaking of finales, next week is the finale of the show that I'm watching that nobody else is watching, and that's I Love That For You, uh, which I still adore. 
and love, uh, uh, you know, Vanessa Bear, Molly Shannon, uh, Jennifer Lewis, uh, a, a host of other terrific supporting uh, uh, characters. Uh, the show is, I think the show's great. I think it's very, very funny. I love watching it. And um, it definitely, I mean, the next, next season is, uh, it's over, or next season, next, uh, next week, the, se- the series is, uh, the season is over. And uh, no word on whether that's going to get renewed or not. Um, God, I'm trying to remember if that is one that has gotten picked up on on the QT. Um, I don't believe it's gotten renewed yet. And yeah, I'm not really sure what the response has been because <laughs> because you're the only person I hear talking about I know, it. I know. And I, I know that's the way it feels. You, know, ta- you know, we talked about this the last time you were on. It was like how sometimes you feel you're all alone when you watch a show. Yep. That's how I feel when I watch I Love That For You. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love it. Nobody else is watching it. Nobody else is watching it, but I love it. Um, all, all you got to do is keep telling people, and yeah. and maybe you'll force one or two of them to watch a couple and more I, episodes. And I think it's also a really strong. All the women in it are funny, not just the three leads, but all the supporting uh, uh, female uh, performances are, are spectacular. It's like let's try and get I don't know six or seven of the funniest women ever in one room and do a show with them, and I love that. Um, so, uh, but anyway, it, the finale is uh, next week for anybody who cares. <laughs> I do. Um, all right. Hey, did you watch the Tonys? Uh, uh. I watched some of the Tonys. I didn't, I didn't watch all. I was kind of tuning in and out. And then at some point I've gotten enough sense of a couple of the things that I didn't catch that I need to go back and watch. So I, I definitely watched, uh, Ariana DeBose's opening number, which oh, I thought was, I mean, she's, she is just ridiculously talented. It's and insane. the thing, and the thing that struck me watching it is that she's talented on a different level from a lot of the celebrities who sometimes host shows like this so yes neil patrick harris obviously can sing and dance sure uh hugh jackman obviously can sing and dance the level on which she dances when you put her out there with an ensemble is so much a higher level than what you know these other people do and so she's astonishing i watched what else did i watch i watched the spring awakening thing which i love that show I love I, that show. I I, have not, I know. I've never seen I, it from start to finish. Some people love it. I don't. I love it. I've gotten I've got no insults to it. I, I yeah. thought it was. <laughs> I didn't quite understand why it was the thing that was being featured in this particular Tony Awards, but whatever. Uh, no, there are definitely a few of the performances that I still need to check out. Fast forwarding through, and somewhat ridiculously, I saw zero Broadway shows this year. What well, with not being in well. New York and not getting elsewhere, but. Uh, Company won many, many Tonys, and I had seen this production of Company with a different lead, but still with Patti Lapone in London in 2018. So I got to be like, oh, yay, I totally know what everyone's giving awards to. So Mm. I was at least I was at least pleased with that because, again, didn't see anything new this year, but there it was. Well, (laughs) I, 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 you know, I thought the show I thought I I always enjoy the Tonys. It's my favorite award show of all of them. Uh, I I mean, I I don't get to New York uh, very often. I have in the past seen a ton of Broadway shows. And I love theater in general. I've been in theater. I've you know, directed and written and been in shows and stuff. So theater is in my blood. And so I love watching the Tonys. Uh, I, I, I'm always a little bit disappointed by the fact that the musicals are the whole show and like plays are like, yeah, whatever. Um, I have a, but, you can't, but you know what? I mean, you want people to watch the show. They want people to watch it. <laughs> they want it to be flashy. They want musical numbers. So they concentrate on the musicals. They do 9,000 9, musical numbers. And it seems to me like the plays are kind of an afterthought. And that always bugs me um, because I prefer plays over musicals. But I understand why they do that. You know what I mean? 
there have definitely been years where they have attempted to do scenes from the nominated plays right. and it's almost never feels satisfying because it's, you know, it's, there's just no, in a drama, in a, there's, there's no comparative unit of measurement that's like a song. You know, yeah. if you're, yeah. if you're going to do a show, you can put on a seven minute song or a six minute song and dance routine and you're giving people a taste of it. Whereas if, you know, you can't find a, a corresponding five-minute scene of Take Me Out, which is going to actually give people enough context to know if they want to see that. So yeah. I, I understand the problem. And, I yeah. mean, of course you're right, but it's I, I see why that is the way that... Oh, me too. Go. Me too. It's just that, it, you know, it's, it's just a personal thing for me. It's like, damn it, I, you know, I enjoy plays. And I want to see... <laughs> but I can understand that. You know, I, I directed a play that was nominated for uh, some awards here in Chicago, the Jeff Awards. And we were asked to perform a scene from it, and it was uh, an adaptation that I did of High Fidelity. We called it The Vinyl Shop that I co-wrote, I co-adapted, and I directed. And this was before, by the way, Cusack did his thing. Um, and, uh, and so we were asked to do a scene from it. And I always felt weird about it. And I picked, the scene that I picked was a scene that you could do without any setup. It's a guy walks into a record store to trade in his doubles because he just moved in with a girl. And it's about how Barry and Dick and those guys are making fun of him because he shouldn't get rid of his doubles because they're going to break up. You should keep your own CDs. That's the gist of it. So it's a, it's a, it's, it doesn't need a setup or anything. So it turned out okay. But there are so many plays where, like, in order to do a scene from it to perform at the Tonys or something, you're going to need a five-minute setup. Well, at this point in the play, <laughs> this is happening, and that is happening. So I totally understand why, you know, it's easier to just go, hey, 76 trombones, go. You know? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I did, and I did watch that uh, number actually also. So, and there were definitely fewer than 76 trombones up on that, <laughs> that stage and several of the instruments that people were playing were in fact, not trombones. Therefore, as much as I love Sutton Foster, I am uh, a thumbs down from me. Uh, <laughs> yes, false advertising. Well, yeah, it's false advertising. Not only that, not only were they not trombones, but many of them were not playing them. Like the kids oh, that God. were, the kids that were walking down the aisle were just smiling and holding the instruments. Uh, like kids do when they're on camera. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a crock. Just play Shapoopy, you cowards. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was good, and it, and, it, and I mean, I thought overall the show was the show was you know really great. And I always love the Tonys, and then I got uh, very you know they did a nice job with the in memoriam, and of course I got incredibly choked up when Hollis um, uh, Resnick's uh, you know picture came up, uh, which is still hard for anybody who's associated with Chicago theater to even grasp the fact that she passed away, but because um, she was so great. And, and that was tough. So nope, they they do they do a good show for yeah. the Tonys, and yeah, and I do. will and I will watch some of the other performances down the road. Yeah, eventually. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Evil. How much of Evil have you seen? Evil is back. It came back Sunday the twelfth. It is now streaming. The first episode is up and running at Paramount Plus. Season three of Evil. Um, one of my favorite shows. Uh, uh, on television or on streaming or anywhere. Um, how much of Evil have you seen? Have you seen season three of Evil? I have seen four episodes of the new season uh, okay. and act- and had a very good conversation in Austin a week ago with, uh, with Katya, with Mike Coulter, and with uh, Asif Mandi. And they were all very amusing and awesome. charming together. And so, yeah. By the way, before we get to that, how did that how did that go in Austin? How how was that? Did you have a good it time? It went well. It was yeah. it was you know it was it was exhausting. I haven't done that sort of big group 
thing in two and a half years. And so definitely it, it, <laughs> my endurance for such things is just not what it used to be. And yeah. so a four day festival with moderating and lots and lots of people and things, it, it wore on me by the end, but it was still a couple really, really good conversations. The, the chat about evil was definitely a highlight. It was a lot of fun. People were enthusiastic and they're, they're a very, very likable group of stars and they seem to get along well together at, yeah. you know, as to how much of that is just play for the public. Who knows? But they were all very, very charming. And, uh, and yeah, it was, a, it was a good fun thing to do. And now I need three or four weeks before I deal now, with large crowds of people again. Let me, it was your first, I know that's what I was also going to ask. It was your first time out doing that kind of stuff. Uh, how were you, were you concerned at all? Were there any problems? Did you, you know, like how was the, the traveling, the flying, all of that stuff? How did that work out for you? It was, you know, I wore, I wore my mask basically all indoor places. You know, I took it off before actually going on stage to moderate things. There, there have to be limits. Uh, you know, it's not so much a living in fear thing as a, you know, if you're, if if you are so cautious that you won't even take off a mask for a public appearance, that is a perfectly reasonable opinion and feeling to have. You just probably shouldn't do things like that. So, right, uh, right. so I, you know, I took it off there and, but mostly when I was indoors places, I, I kept my mask on and did that and that was fine. And, uh, you know, I've been back for a week and no symptoms. So either I'm immortal or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, it was, look, it was good. It was good to see people. It was good to be out with people. I had moderated a Better Call Saul panel that was a fairly big public panel a week earlier. And that was also yeah. fun. It's yeah. just, you, you sort of, you get out of the psychological shape of it. And yeah. so it requires, it requires more to get yourself back up there. And, but yeah. otherwise, but it was great fun. I had, I had good barbecue. I had good queso. And so the, the people of Austin say what you will about the people of the rest of Texas. Uh, yeah. The people of Austin are generally good people. And, Agreed. and I like the festival. A lot. I love that. Too. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. And I know it's I a did. little, it's, it's going to be a little weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I can, I can feel what you're saying, Dan, cause I'm going back to a, uh, um, a three day, uh, a horror convention uh, huh. that I that I moderate uh, I've been a part of for almost 20 years and uh, it's the first time I'll be around massive amount of crowds and doing Q&A's doing the same thing that you just did staying in a hotel it'll be the first time I've stayed in a hotel yes uh, in that a long too. time uh, so <laughs> all of that stuff uh, I'll, I'll report back to you uh, around on August 8th to let you know how uh, <laughs> how my brain is doing after that overload just just take care of yourself and don't overtax yourself because if yeah. it's three days you you have to be able to make it to day three so. absolutely yes <laughs> um, okay back to evil you did you did do the panel and I'm jealous uh, uh, did you tell Katja I love her did you send that along God it just really didn't come oh. every time I started to bring you up it just the, the oh. topic went elsewhere it was oh. I, I well I sincere apologies I have this hi I'm Carrie Russell and I love Nick's show <laughs> all right anyway um, so what, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, your four episodes that you've seen of, 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 uh, of, of, uh, evil season three? I've seen the first so far. I am really enjoying it. I don't know that there's been a, an episode that is as good as, for example, the, the silent episode from last season, which I thought was sort of a, a step outside of format and, and showed all of the things that the show can do. But it continues to do the things that the show does really well. It's it's really silly when it wants to be. It's vaguely disturbing when it wants to be. Uh, I loved all of the stuff with the 
the fake Farmville style game and the fact that they yeah. even found a way to make the girls do overlapping dialogue in the Farmville game. I thought that was yeah. tremendous. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with you. I mean, I've only seen the first uh, episode, but I know that that will probably continue for at least a couple more episodes. Uh, the setup I think is great. Um, uh, yeah. Now just based upon the first episode, you can, t- you can, you know, let me know a little bit more about the, the other three that you've seen. Uh, I found the first episode, everything that I love about the show, it did. Um, uh, and it's great. And no, before we jump back into it, did Scolari, did he pass before they started filming? Yes. I mean, he, okay. he passed during last se- during production. Well, actually, wait. Now I'm trying to think of the exact timetable. I think he had already shot, I think they had already shot everything from season two because it was shot early because it was supposed to be CBS and then they kind of put it on hold. And- right. That it moved to Paramount Plus, uh, so I think that that he died between that season and then production starting on the second season. So okay. they kind of put in a new character played by Boris McIver, who right. they put in at the end of last season and and into this right. season, and he fills roughly the same you know space, and yeah. that's fine. Uh, by the way, we're was... talking about we're talking about evil, and in case it gets picked up, a massive, really dark, terrifying thunderstorm is now happening. Um, and I find it very eerie that it, as we talk about evil, suddenly it got pitch black outside my apartment. Yes, and out it, your window, if, the dark clouds <laughs> rolled in. Exactly, and it's dark, very dark outside right now, and I'm hearing thunder and, and stuff like that. So um, if you hear that in the background, I'm not doing that as a special effect as we talk about evil. It's a real storm that's happening right well, now. So. Well, the motorcycle that went by just a few minutes ago here also <laughs> not a not a special effect in any way. No. It was just a motorcycle. That okay, went we by are going to be talking about the old man coming up, and I think there's a motorcycle scene in that. So, um, anyway, so your thoughts again? Your thoughts on Evil again? I just I've been I've been enjoying it, and it's I, I think it's good that the show hasn't speaking again of shows that kind of expand and expand and expand. I, I like that the four episodes for the new season are very, very close to the show that they were making before. They haven't decided episodes need to go 55 minutes. They, you know, now people are swearing a little bit more, but otherwise it is basically the show that it is. And I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of material for them to mine. And so I I hope this one gets to last for a couple more seasons since the good fight, for example, is actually coming to an end after this upcoming season. So Mm. I hope evil continues at least for another couple more. Well, the Kings can continue, I hope, uh, doing. I, I love evil. I love it. I think it's great, and I love the first episode of, of the new season. I think it's creepy and wonderful, and I love the characters. I love that Andrea Martin is now a regular, uh, bumped up to a regular. on the My lights just flashed. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if suddenly you vanish, I will, I will understand uh, yeah. what has happened. It's getting a little crazy. Crazy now. Uh, but anyway, I love that Andrea Martin has now been boosted up to regular cast member. Uh, I thought Wallace Shawn was wonderful in the first episode as, his, you know, as the guest, one of the guest stars. Um, and I also thought that this episode was particularly funny. I thought the first episode was really, really funny. And I know the show can be funny and has been in the past. But for some reason, I found the first episode of season three to be pretty hilarious in, in addition to being creepy and true to what the show is, but really funny. I think the show is much, for me, it's more reliably funny just because it's harder to do scary on television in this format. It's simply that you you look at lots and lots of shows are very funny. Very, very few shows are actually legitimately scary and evil can be scary when it wants to be. Yeah. Uh, 
And I'm trying to think if if later episodes have anything particularly. There, there's some spooky stuff. There's a lot of, you know, the kings love making fun of meme culture. They love making fun of social media. And there's some yeah. good stuff for that coming up. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad that you like it. It makes me happy. And it, uh, it drops every Sunday. A new episode is on Paramount+. Plus, and if you haven't uh, seen it, you should. I think it's one of the best shows on TV. It's currently, like, at the top for me of shows that I love. Uh, so check it out. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, my favorite actor ever is now in a new show on FX. It premieres on Thursday. I am unbelievably excited about it because my favorite actor of all time is Jeff Bridges. I love him. Uh, he's been through some real crazy crap over the past couple of years, including cancer, a battle with cancer and a battle with COVID that almost knocked him off the face of the earth. He's back. He's doing his first television show series ever for FX, and it's called The Old Man. Um, and I'm going to watch it regardless of what anybody says about it because Jeff Bridges, <laughs> I adore Jeff Bridges. Uh, but tell me, what do you think of The Old Man? I'm not going to tell you don't be excited, but I am going to tell you maybe temper your excitement a tiny bit just okay. because it, because it's not it, it's not great it's um it is based on a book by thomas perry and i don't think the book is a great book uh but it's it's got a good premise which is a guy is living in in vermont he's living a quiet life just with his two dogs he's he's a an aging widower then somebody breaks into his house and it turns out that the guy is very clearly trained with a very special set of skills. We discover that he has a past in intelligence and military, and and he's on the run with government-type people after him, uh, expanded for TV. The leader of the people after him, uh, played by John Lithgow, who is always also fantastic. Yep. And so you have a show where what you really, really want more than anything else is for Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow to be sharing the screen together and in the four episodes i've seen they have a couple scenes and they are exclusively over the phone and they're all in the first episode and so you know if that's the kind of thing you want there is not really a lot of that it is a mm. very good part for jeff bridges he is terrific he gets to he gets to play somewhat weary and somewhat old as the title would suggest but he yeah. also because he has his particular set of skills he, right, right. he gets to kick a little butt uh action wise and there's some really pretty solid action in the first couple episodes uh the cast is is quite decent amy brenneman pops up uh in a not particularly well-written role but she does solid work with it alia shawkat is there as the protege of the john lithgow character she's very good um there, it's the stuff involving the backstory is kind of homeland light and it's set in the 80s and that means that you have a different actor playing the jeff bridges character and bill heck is okay but not great there either it's it's a show that is more hit and miss than probably it should be and that's kind of the necessity of what happens when you expand a fairly thin book and make it into, I'm not sh I think it's a limited series. I don't know if they're going to attempt to stretch it into future seasons. I don't think it necessarily would, would behoove anyone if they do. Uh, it, it's decent. And I, I like watching Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow at work. And that's kind of the principal reason for the show to exist. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, you know, I, again, I mean, I love Jeff Bridges in everything. And this looks like a part that, uh, that is, 
that's great. And the guy hasn't been in anything in a few years. I think the last thing he was in was the uh, L. Uh, what was that hotel? The uh, L. Uh, Trouble at the old L. Whatever the uh, that was. El, uh, El Royale, I think. El Royale. Yeah. The Drew Goddard was. Uh, uh, the, the guy who directed that? I believe that is correct. Yes, uh, that with Dakota Johnson and, uh, and you know, uh, well, I went right to Dakota Johnson. There are other major stars in that movie, and I went right to Dakota Johnson. <laughs> yes, it is. It, also, Cynthia Erivo, John Hamm, one of the Hemsworths, etc. Yeah, um, right. But yes, bad, time okay. is, bad Times at the El Royale. And right, yeah, that, I think that that's the last thing he did, which is like six years ago, if I'm not mistaken, five, six years ago. Um, 2018. Uh, so, uh, okay, 2018, so four years ago. And, you know, uh, it's great to see him back. And I'm glad that and – it's, and, and I was interested to see, wow, Jeff Bridges is doing – so uh, it's gotten to the point now where everybody's going to do a TV series. That's that's kind of the thing, right? Except for except for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise remains the, the person who is not going to do a TV series anytime soon. But otherwise, yeah, there's there's pretty much no one out there who – who wouldn't do TV under the right circumstances and, you know – when why That's, not? Exactly. Why so, why would you why not? not? This is this right. is a better this is a better part than anything he would be likely to get as a feature. So yeah, it is and, and he, yeah. even if it's even if it's not a great show, that makes me very happy because it's Jeff Bridges. And it's, that just makes it's me fairly entertain it's fairly entertaining. It's definitely a show though, also where it is probably longer episodically than it needs to be. I think I've seen four episodes and I think three of them are over an hour and, you know, didn't yeah. used to be that that was the case with FX shows, but now apparently it is. So, okay. All right. <laughs> what are you writing about next? What are you doing now? What are you working on? What can we see at the fineprint.com F I E N. I'm trying. Let's see. I am currently watching episodes of the upcoming Maya Rudolph comedy loot, which is on uh, oh, yeah. Apple TV plus and, mm-hmm. She's incredibly talented regardless, so I'm making my way through that. Um, God, right now there's just – it's been a lot of documentary-type stuff for for Tribeca. That was what what my week was last week um, was was that. Ooh, but also got a Chicago set show for you, uh, The Bear on FX coming in a couple weeks. Very exciting. I have – it's cooking and friends of mine, (laughs) so I'm all over it. (laughs) <laughs> it uh, and it's and it's good it's um it is definitely it captures the feeling of the chaos of a restaurant that cool. is that is what it's going for cool uh, not sure about the overall story really but definitely it is it is a good chaotic here's a restaurant we're gonna plunk you down awesome. in the middle of it deal with it okay kind of show. and what uh, i'm sorry what network is that on the bear uh, it's it is an FX for Hulu show. So FX oh. produced it, but it is not actually going to air on FX. <laughs> It'll it's be on Hulu. It's going to air on Hulu. Okay. It, that is so confusing to me. The whole FX Hulu is almost as confusing as AMC and AMC+. Plus. I don't know what the hell the difference is between. They, get, they confuse the hell out of me, both of them do. Yeah, it, and, and yet the people at the various networks don't think it's at all confusing. And yet it, <laughs> confuses, it confuses me, and it's what I do for a living. So, right, right. so there you been, go. You've only been writing about and covering television for 900 years, and it's exactly. confusing to you. Good yeah, it's, God. It's, it's not great, but yes. So The Bear okay. is produced for FX, airs on Hulu, or will okay. air on Hulu. Okay, great. Dan, always a pleasure. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks if my uh, apartment is not destroyed by this horrific... It is pitch black outside right now. It okay, I will, cross, 
I will cross my fingers and make sure that there's a doorway that you can hide in if necessary. <laughs> exactly. All right, Dan, I'm going to go pray. I'll see you next time. Talk to you later, Nick. <laughs> see you later. All right. Dan Feinberg. All right. And, and, and we're going to say hello to Esmeralda Leon if I don't get struck by lightning and if the entire building that I'm in doesn't get picked up by a typhoon. My God, it's a little crazy out there right now. Oh, my God. Hi, I'm Carrie Thank Russell, you. and I love Nick's show. Oh, my God. All right, let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esma, I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esmeralda. Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leon. It's always time for uh, Esmeralda when we hear the Esma tune by our good friend Jason Skaggs. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. All righty then. <laughs> um, we are on the verge as we tape this. We are on the verge of getting smacked for with a couple of days of plus upper 90s heat indices in the 100s for for a couple of days and it's my least favorite weather of all time how are you with the hot weather esmeralda how do you how do you no that? no yeah. i don't like it yeah um i don't have i don't have like central air mm-hmm. um but we do have an air conditioner in our kitchen <laughs> right i have an air conditioner in my bedroom yeah the, re- the rest of my a apartment. much better idea with that was a much better choice yeah, it's in my bedroom, and so, you know, like on days like we were going to have the next couple of days, my door mm. will be closed, and I will crank up the air and just stay in there. But unfortunately, where I record my podcast is right. not my bedroom. So you um, have an hour of, of pain. <laughs> two <laughs> hours. Two hours of pain, yes, uh, because one of those days that will be that I'll be recording should be pretty, it's pretty comfortable now. It's okay now. It's getting mm-hmm. a little bit muggy. I can feel it changing right now. Yeah. Um, you can feel it in the air. I can feel the thickness coming in the air and we're supposed to get some <laughs> storms and stuff. But, but when I'm, when I'm recording the next time I record, cause you know, for the Friday podcast, we record on Thursday, not to shatter the illusion. Yeah. Uh, but Thursday, the <laughs> high in the afternoon is going to be around 90. So it's going to be pretty, pretty damp in my, uh, in my dining room. <laughs> when I'm talking to you on uh, on uh, on Thursday, and I will be very sort of uh, uh, forehead sweaty and damp while I'm talking to Rose Abdu, who is the actress who played Gypsy in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> so I have her on the show. I actually have our, my first cast member from Gilmore Girls on my podcast. That's um, exciting. It's so exciting. Uh, so my first actual legal denizen of uh, of Stars Hollow will be on my show and I'll be sweating. She won't because she's in LA. It's probably 70 in LA. So, right. And she probably has air conditioning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She could probably afford central air. That would be my guess. Yeah. Although Um, I don't like, I don't. Okay. I like central air, but I don't like central heat. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like my free, my free, uh, what are they called? Radiators. Yeah. I yep. like my free radiator heat. <laughs> I, me too. I'm, I, am, I am about four and a half feet away from one of my radiators, and I love steam radiator heat that's included in rent. 
I enjoy exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I, the worst part of getting divorced the second time was that I had to move out of a place with central air. That was the only bad part of the divorce. Everything else yeah. was fine. That, everything else was fine. I was like, man, I lost the Cuisinart and central air. This sucks. Didn't care so much about the wife. But I was like, God damn, central air and a Cuisinart? What did I do wrong? So, anyway. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Wait, I think I have. Hold on a minute. Wait, <laughs> oh, I so, wait, wait. Well, well there, there we go. go. Give you asthma. Yeah, that's I'll right. Give you asthma. Oh, wait. Well, we're at it. Hold on. I think I broke my ass. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. And yes. I Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and oh. I love Nick's show. Yeah. How's Carrie Russell going to deal with all this? Carrie Russell, I don't know. She's gonna. It's gonna be hot out there. I, mean, I might yeah. have to. Wait, well, yeah. Well, I'd have to. If I let her in and she wanted some relief, she'd have to come into my bedroom. Uh oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd say, I think I broke my ass. All right. Anyway, <laughs> hey, speaking of Thursday, uh, just to, to to you know to tell our our, our podcasters out there, yeah. you and I, you and I, in fact, we are going to a little concert together. We are a little concert. It's not little. Yes. It's not little. It's me and you and your boyfriend. I'll be a third wheel. I apologize for that, uh, being the third <laughs> wheel. Uh, but we're heading out to where you used to work. You used to work out there at the Tinley Park Village. I did. Uh, I did. We were just talking about it, me and Colin. Yeah. And he was like, I'm jealous that you got to do that. I was like, yeah, well. You worked he there. He's from Arlington Heights. There wasn't a... Well, back a in venue my venue of the type. I was a little bit, I'm a little older than you guys. And there was once a place called Poplar Creek, which was in, um, Jesus, uh, Hoffman Estates. Mm. So that would have been the place that he went to if he was, you know, if uh, uh, more than likely. But he, you know, back then, that was like he was probably around two or three when it was a popular place. Yeah, because this was a, this was where you went in the eighties, and then the world or the whatever it was called. What yeah, was it? it was the world. Tweeter. I don't, I don't know if it was anything before the world. I think it was I even wo- knew it as the world. And then it was the Tweeter Center. Yes. And now and it's then the, it was something else. And then now it's the Hollywood Hollywood Casino, Casino Amphitheater. Right. Well, we're heading out there to, and I can't, I couldn't be more excited. I don't know about you, Esmeralda, but I'm beside myself. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, the fact that Tears for Fears is touring at all. Oh, Tears for Fears and garbage. I'm going to be, I'm yes. going to, you're going to have, probably have to tackle me to calm me down. <laughs> um, Tears for Fears is one of my favorite bands of all time, of all time. And their new album, Rules. Uh, and gar- I've never seen Garbage, and I know how much you love Garbage. Oh, I mean, no. the band. Yeah, I love Garbage. We're going to have a great time. That's a, that yes. is a, that is a double bill for the ages, man. So, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. We're, we're just going to go out there, <laughs> grab some grab some lawn seats, sit on a blanket, and watch Tears for Fears and Garbage. That's going to be a good night. That's going to oh, be yeah. a good night. Yeah, as much as I love, as much as I love Garbage, I'm not paying that much to sit anywhere in the seats. Although I was looking at the prices, and if you do want to sit in a seat that's like very far away and off to the corner, yeah, <laughs> they're like thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, the seat. I was looking at it, at it too, but we're just gonna go. We're we'll go lawn. I've seen. And I've yeah. seen. By the way, you, you've, you've never seen Tears of Fears, right? I haven't. I mean, I don't know. When was the last time they toured? I feel like they kind of um, dropped well, off and then they did, but come it, back. It, it was the early two thousands. The last time they toured was probably fifteen years ago. Yeah. Um, and this I, this was when they got back together because Roland was by himself for a long time, like Kurt left. Oh, uh, okay. And Roland toured by himself with a band called Tears for Fears, and he had some backup mm. band. Because he released three albums as Tears for Fears, but no Kurt. 
Mm-hmm. And then Kurt came back, they reunited, and now they're back full on. A lot of the original band members that they used to have, they're together. They recorded their first album in like 12 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And this is the first time that they've toured fully uh, in a very long time. But they are amazing live. I've seen them, I don't know, eight, nine times. Um, and they're amazing. And one of my favorite albums ever is, is Seeds of Love. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite albums. That's a Desert Island album for me. Like literally, oh. I would. I, it is seriously. If 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 I had to choose five albums to only have on a desert island, uh, "Seeds of Love" by Tears for Fears would af- absolutely be one of them. Um, and I saw them on that tour like three times, and they were unbelievable. So they're great. So nice. yeah, T- Tears for Fears and garbage, man. Oh, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be. So yeah, good. I'm excited. Me too. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, listen. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be doing our our weird taste tests as we continue with our weird candy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the Blood Lollipop. Yes. From Melville. Um, yes. That's Melville was the candy <laughs> company. Now That famous brand, Melville. Melville, that's right. And now, <laughs> if you're, if, you know, I, I've told you this. I have a, 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 a problem with, uh, cherry, with cherry, mm-hmm. f- with cherry flavored stuff. And this is blood. It's blood lollipop, but I, it's cherry flavored. Right, yeah, no, it's there's no, it's it's not going to taste like blood. Okay, well, which I is would, a I, little disappointing. <laughs> well, it is disappointing for me because I don't do well with cherry flavored stuff, and and um, so we'll see. And I don't do well with cherry flavored. So I should probably explain. I don't do well with cherry flavored stuff because about thirty something years ago, thirty five years ago, thirty five, mm-hmm. thirty six years ago. Um, I was in the hospital for uh, what turned out to be like a kidney thing, which was fixed and with medication and blah, blah, blah. But I was in the hospital for a few weeks, three weeks, actually. And um, they were running all kinds of tests on me because they didn't know what it was and blah, blah, blah. And one of the tests that they ran was one of those deals where I was going to have to drink dye. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. You drink the you drink the dye. Yeah. And. And it, they were going to, like, do the whole pictures of all of my insides, my gullet, my guts, the whole deal. <laughs> but my stomach had to be completely empty. Um, so uh, the night before this test was scheduled, or two nights before the test was scheduled, um, they started – I was on a liquid diet. So mm-hmm. I was just drinking broth and water and stuff like that. And then they gave me – somebody came in gave me a suppository, mm-hmm. uh, which was – that was fun. Um <laughs> That was the that was the first time I realized oh, no. just how long the human finger is. It's pretty long. Oh. Uh, um, so they gave me one of those, and then they gave me this liquid on ice to drink that was supposed to help clear my my system, clear my stomach. Um, and I had to finish the whole thing. It was like a whole. They gave it. A, they gave me a cup with ice, a plastic cup with ice, and this bottle, a glass bottle with a deep red liquid in it. Mm-hmm. And I had to pour the well, and they gave me ice because it would taste better. And it, but I had to drink the whole thing, right? Pro- probably eight nine ounces worth. And I took a sip, and it was the most intense cherry flavor that I had ever tasted, and that have still have ever tasted in my life. The most intense, unbelievable cherry flavoring that I've ever tasted. Yeah. And uh, I got three quarters of the way through it, and. Every orifice liquid started flying out oh, from, no. from the mouth, the nose, the bottom area, everything just started. They had to put, 
They had to put they had to put me on a bedpan. They had to put a bucket in front of me. Everything was spewing out of me. Every hole except for my ears, liquid was flying out of. Yeah. Um, Yikes. And it made me unbelievably sick, and it was horrible. And since then, I've got that uh, that uh, that trigger memory. Whenever I taste something cherry flavored, I immediately go back to that. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a Pavlov Pavlov's dog thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, whenever I taste something cherry, I immediately go. <laughs> so I may not. What about regular old cherries? Uh, I've never was, was a big fan of regular cherries. I can okay. I, I can do a cherry, you know, like a, like a cherry flavored thing, or no, so real cherries. I can do real cherries. Yeah, um, so I was gonna say those are completely different. Exactly. Flavors. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 You, I, I'm. Yes. You're absolutely right. Like a real cherry, and absolutely like a Bing cherry or a cherry real one. I can do. I'm not a huge fan, but I can do it without right. getting sick. But the cherry flavoring, and you know, cherry flavor when you taste. Yeah. It. That's what I'm talking about. So you I ma- have a bucket near you. <laughs> uh, I do, yes. So okay, I'll be ready good, to go. good, so, good, good. So anyway. I mean, that's that's your situation because yeah. I'm in a whole other place. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just wanted to warn you ahead of time. So, so good. So when we taste the lollipop, if you hear me go, then you'll know why. It's not blood. It's not. Um, blood. I would. I would rather it be blood. As I mentioned, I'm almost excited just for that. <laughs> I don't hear, know. To not hear to Nick, be mean or anything. Like Nick, you suffer, but to, to hear Nick vomit on his own podcast. There you go. Uh, and then I can say, I think I broke my ass. Yeah. It could All be right. some good uh, sound bites. There you go. A uh, vomit. Some, some good. Some good radio right there. Some good radio misfits right there. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, I mean, I wanted to mention. Hey, uh, we're taking. Uh, if you guys want to advertise with us on the Nick D podcast, we would love to you to be a sponsor. We got a mm. whole thing set up. If you want to be a sponsor, by the way, you will reach a lot of people. A lot of people listen. I don't know if you know this or not, Esmeralda, but this is a very popular podcast. I don't know if you. That's I don't know, great. I don't know how that fucking happened, but it's a very popular <laughs> podcast. And I was told. Who knows? Who knew? <laughs> I was told by, by my boss at Radio Misfits, hey, man, uh, you know, if people want to sponsor, they can. And they'll, a lot of people will be hearing it. If you have a business and you want to be a sponsor, you want to advertise, sales at radiomisfits.com. Yeah. Contact Please us. Please sponsor us. Please sponsor us. Please sponsor <laughs> us. Buy some ads. Get some sponsors. And I promise you, you will reach a lot of people. It will be worth your money. Trust we me. will so hawk you... whatever you're selling. Exactly. Hey, if it's, even if it's fucking cherry flavored, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat it. I like cherry flavored things. There, so. <laughs> there you go, Esmeralda. So anyway, be a sponsor. Advertise on the Nick D podcast. You can reach a ton of people. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Get in contact with us now. Be a sponsor. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Should have done that in the first segment, but I didn't because I'm bad at my job. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about TV theme songs and some uh, memorable ones that are sung by actors and actresses. But Esmeralda, are you ready for Are You Shitting Me? More facts that will scare the crap out of you? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, I will give you two subjects to choose from, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I will give you some facts regarding those yes. subjects. All right, how about this one? Uh, birth control or public bathrooms? Which one would you rather hear facts about? Mm. Disgusting, scary, scare the crap out of you facts. Birth control or public, public bathrooms? Public bathrooms. That's the one I would have chosen, too. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, public bathrooms. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. These are real facts. These are from the book. Okay. Are You Shitting Me? 1,004 Facts That Will Scare the Crap Out of You by Carrie McNeil. Are you mm-hmm. ready? Yes. Fact number one. Public bathrooms. 
One in five people have accidentally dropped their cell phone in a toilet. No word on what percentage actually pull them out. Wait, what? I, no, who's not going to pull their cell phone out of a toilet if they drop it in a toilet? Who's going to leave it? What hat? Like, where? Because it doesn't go, right? What do you mean? Like, if you flush it, like, it's not going to go, is it? I don't. Well, maybe. I mean, depending on where you are, depending on the power of the flush. I imagine, like, it would just get stuck. I mean, or I how small your phone are, is. Yeah, maybe you I mean, this isn't the 80 or not. This isn't like the early it's 2000s not the aughts. where it were tiny little. <laughs> Cell little phones. flip phone. Oh, my little flip phone went down the Bemis. I better do something about it. That one I could understand. But not yeah. these honking big old screen yeah. smartphones. It would just kind of be stuck there. I would imagine then someone would fish it out because they'd be brave enough and then free yeah. cell phone if it worked. <laughs> yeah. Now, some people drop their to- drop their phones in the toilet at home. Oof. Because I can see that because there are times when you're sitting on the John. I got the phone sometimes when I'm sitting on the John. Right. And I'm scrolling through. If I if I you know if I've got a good one brewing and I'm going to be in there for a few minutes, I might bring the. Wait, but might, you you drop it while you're on? No, no, no. I've never. I would never. I'm not going to drop my phone. No, but like, was there? Would there be like a chance that you could no. drop it? No. Okay. No, not me. I'm just thinking more like coverage of said toilet. Like no. Well, you how know big how is your toilet that no, you're. <laughs> No, but you know, like I would, I would, if, 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 you know, when uh, I'm ever, you know, on the toilet with the phone, the phone mm-hmm. is put down before I do my True. business, my, uh, before I, you know, do the wiping in the dirty business. True. And then, uh, and then the, and as you know, Esmeralda, I stand up and I close the lids immediately and then I flush. Oh, well then see, that's good. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I, yes. I, I close both, both the, the, the seat and the lid both go down. And I'm not, and I also, and I'm, I, I, you know, not to get real uh, uh, detailed, but w- when I'm done, I don't look in. I close and then I flush. <laughs> just, I do not admire my. You I don't do not, know. I don't admire my duty. I do not get up and go. Oh, look at that! That's pretty impressive. You know what I mean? I get up, I close the lid without looking, and I flush. So there's well, no chance. I think, it, I think it would be more not like to, <laughs> not to. Ooh. Yeah. admire it i think it's more like just to see inconsistencies right if there's like oh is there <laughs> is there something in my stool that shouldn't be in my stool uh, or yeah. why yeah, why yeah. is why is my stool orange you know that kind of yeah, thing yes exactly uh i don't know i don't do it i just i close the lid and that's <laughs> it hope for the best i hope for the best whatever it is it's Go in on. god it's in god's hands now and then the sewers <laughs> okay are you ready yes all right, Americans spend an average of two weeks a year on the John. Doesn't that seem really? short? Really, just two weeks? I know, yeah, that right? Doesn't seem... <laughs> that doesn't seem. I long guess we're at all. weirdos and we sit longer on the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, no, that doesn't. That seems below average to me. I, I don't mean, know that's why. very healthy. Very healthy bowels. Yeah, it's like out. Yeah, because I think it's supposed to. That's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, How about this one? The stall closet to the door is Mm. likely to be the cleanest and least used seat in a public restroom. The stall in the middle is usually the dirtiest. Wait, you said this, which one? Which one? Closest to the door. So the one that. Yes. That's that's probably the. 
Yeah, you know why? Because people want uh, some sense of privacy. So, you, like in some weird thing in your head, you think if I'm in the middle, the further I go into the bathroom, the more private it's going to be. Really? I usually think it's because people think that that's the first one that people would go to, so then they skip it. See, I'm <laughs> I'm not a I I don't like uh, using I don't like going number two in public at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I, mean, I don't like going to the bath. I don't like doing anything, you know, bathroom wise in the pub. It's not like I enjoy. Hey, I can't wait to piss. It's not like I do that. I <laughs> I just like w- when I have to do the number two when it's absolutely necessary. I like yeah. to be alone. Uh, like if someone comes in, if I'm alone in the bathroom and I'm in a stall, I try to take the stall that's the furthest from the front door, mm-hmm. closest to the bathroom. So they don't the even know you're there. But no, I want them to know I'm there. <laughs> oh, all right. Because I want them to leave. So I <laughs> do immediately you just make a bunch of noise. Yes, and I'll go. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my god. It's funny. Well, because women can't. We always have to use the toilet. Yes. Like, we always have to sit on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, I knew that about, like, the first stall is always technically, or whatever numbers it's the, it's say the that cleanest. it's the cleanest. Yeah, the, yeah. the one that's closest, they say the one that is closest to, uh, the one that is closest to the, um, oh, this stupid thing again. So- <laughs> well, so here, this is my, 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 my question now is, because people know this fact, Will the first one now not be the cleanest? Because everyone knows it's the cleanest because no one uses it, but now everyone knows that fact. So now they're going to use the first one, and That's it'll it. be dirty. We've just screwed it up for everybody. <laughs> we have just now screwed it up for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, let me give you one more, and then we'll go on to mm-hmm. some to talk about some uh, some more um, team th- uh, theme, TV theme songs. songs. Yes, that's right. Okay. Um, the hole still found in the spine of every issue of the old farmer's almanac is a carryover from the days when the magazine was typically hung from a hook in outhouses. Oh, wow. See, now that's not, this book is supposed to be about scaring the crap out of you. That's not, that's actually kind of interesting. Right? <laughs> also, I don't like, find, I don't find that scary at all. Oh. I'm more like this is what your this is your reading material the farmer's almanac. Well, for years this is an old 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 farmer's almanac in the old days because they're talking about outhouses when you didn't you know when the old, old farmer's almanac was like you know that was like the People magazine of the uh, of the early. <laughs> so glad I don't I was not living and born in those years. You know, aside from the fact that you had to poop in an outhouse. But <laughs> the fact that Farmer's Almanac is like yeah. the pinnacle of your reading material. No. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give you one more here since that last one wasn't scary at all. How about this one? This might be scary for you. It's not scary for me. Okay. It says the dirtiest places in public bathrooms are typically the floor and not the toilet seats because they're cleaner mm-hmm. in most mm-hmm. The second only to the floor is the sanitary napkin dispenser. Mm. Wait, the one the one that you you put them in at the after or the See, one you go buy one from? I don't know. <laughs> my 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 guess is probably the one you put them in, right? Afterwards? I would assume because um for some reason people with periods are disgusting people. At least the ones well, who that are would be using women. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um <laughs> Discuss like sometimes I don't understand like the thought process. 
Okay. Of well, what, what is it? Please give me the insight here. Just like uh, open pads. Oh man. And the thing is, the pad every pad comes with a, a wrapper right. with a little sticky thing that you then use to wrap up the used one, and then you know throw it away. Right. So the fact that they just like shoving it into a little paper bag, which is usually just a little tin container and a paper bag in there. I feel so bad for the people who have to clean these things because, like, people are just disgusting. Now, is they throw their tampons in there and, again, not covered. Not covered. It's like, let let me just wrap it in some toilet paper. Let me ask you this. This is what I've heard is that the, the women's restrooms are much more disgusting than men's restrooms public. That's that, um, that's kind of what I've heard. Now I've only been in a I few think, women's restrooms. I think that's yeah, but I think that's because they because you guys have urinals. Mm-hmm. So then the urinals kind of um, take out the whole thing of you having to use the toilet unless necessary. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Because I think if you guys just had to use the toilet, it would yeah. be just disgusting. Well, I mean, men are men are much bigger fucking pigs than women are. I don't care, you know. I as far as as far as I know, but I've been in women's rooms, uh, women's restrooms uh, uh, in the past. But you know, I mean, I've been in by mistake mm-hmm. uh, uh, once, uh, uh, you know, uh, a couple times once uh, for a little dalliance with a female uh, uh, woman. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a little thing in the in the, that was. Very strange, very very strange. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We couldn't. Keep, this was, it was very. The relate. By the way, it, the, the, at this point, as well, the relationship was very new. Right. You know what I mean? Like we had been. This was like our second sort of date, and we and she threw me into the men's room, and we did some stuff. Oh, in the, the, men's the women's room. room. No, the women's. Oh, room. I'm sorry. Well, the either way. Either way, yeah, we were. Especially was, with this fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only ones I've ever been in, like just to use them are after after hours in bars like mm-hmm. i've been in i've been in the ladies room in the green mill um yeah. i've been in the ladies room in uh uh ricochets i've been in the ladies room at simon's <laughs> so i uh, basically bars and they're all much cleaner than the men's room that's all i'm saying yeah i think typically yes and and actually toilets that are when they're men women's and they don't have a urinal that toilet is gross. Yep. For the men's. I would so. agree. <laughs> I would agree. All right. Okay. Well, but that that really is, I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 the, the whole, uh, like, not cleanly getting rid of your pad or your, or your tampon, that just uh, boggles my mind why you wouldn't do that. I don't, you know People what I mean? People don't like, care. Okay. People don't care about other people. That's, li- <laughs> that's pretty I mean, much all it is. <laughs> maybe I can understand, like if you're if it's a if it's a bathroom in a bar and the ladies are drunk and they just go flat and they throw the tampon, put another right. one, and go, go back out to the bar. I can see that, you know. But yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, so mm-hmm. uh, try not to touch anything in bathrooms is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, what do you know? Don't I mean, don't hang out in there. No and if one you wants to, you to hang out in there. No. And if you have to change the, your pad or your tampon, don't be an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wrap it up. God. All right. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's go to TV theme songs. <laughs> All right. That's how you segue right there. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you segue right. I there. think I broke my ass. Yes. All right. 
Do you have a favorite, this in general, Esmeralda, do you have a favorite TV theme song of mm. all time? Mm. Yeah, do you have any favorites? Mm. Like, you know, like, uh, how about Different Strokes? You know, it's a world gone mad and there's nothing like, whatever, the, I don't know the lyrics. It's not world gone mad. No, it's, it's not world. Uh, there's, I can't there's think a- of one that I'm just like, yes. I mean, other than, you know, uh, Night Court. Oh, <laughs> what about uh, I mean, my favorite part is the little, you know, the little, um, the do, 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 but you know, like the, 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 the great, uh, TV theme songs, you know, with, with music, they don't really exist that much anymore. Every once in a while they do. Yeah, they don't. But back in the they day, don't. remember when TV theme songs would actually like tell you the entire plot of the show? Mm-hmm. Like Gilligan's Island told you the entire plot of the show. The Brady Bunch told you the entire plot of the show. Different strokes. There's, you know, like, it's like, hey, a man of means. He's a man. He's got a son. Now he's got another <laughs> one and another daughter. You know, like, whatever. I mean, I think it's gr- I think it's nice because then maybe you've never seen the show and now exactly. you know what it's about. <laughs> you get a little primer before going in. Yeah. Exactly. Like- <laughs> so you're like, hmm, I think I'll watch this. But like some of my favorites, I, you know, one of my favorite calls that I ever got when I was uh, at GN was when mm-hmm. um, during the sort of the height of the popularity of The Office, when, it, when The Office first went into syndication, I'm talking about the American version, not the, the better version, even mm-hmm. though the American version is awesome. Um, but you know the, the theme song from The Office. Oh, yes. You know, that whole, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a caller call in and say, my, my toddler... Every time he hears the office theme song, dances in front of the TV. Like he loves Aww. it. Like he's a little three-year-old kid. And when he hears, he starts dancing. And so I'm like, you have to video this. You have to. And they sent me a video of it. It was the nice. most adorable thing I've ever seen. Like they, I can't remember the kid's name. It's like, hey, Bob. Hey, little Bobby. Watch. Watch now. And then they hit the DVR. And all of a sudden, and sure enough, he's in his little footy pajamas, and he's standing in front Aww. of the TV, and he's like doing a doing a great dance to to the to the office theme song. <laughs> I love that. Oh man! So, uh, how about ones that are sung? Uh, like uh, you, you, you're looking at this, right? This is from Decades, by the way. Decades, an yes. amazing channel, um, run by the Weigel Corporation. Uh, they also do MeTV. And so many other movies with an exclamation point. Fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic movie channel. Uh, Neil Saban, uh, an amazing dude. Uh, the, the smart guy, one of the smartest guys in television who also was smart enough way back about uh, 20-something years ago, 30, almost 30 years ago, to rehire Sven Gulli, Rich Coase. And now it's Very you know, smart. One, of the smartest, one of the smartest moves and one of the biggest shows on his, on his network. But Decades put out this thing with a bunch of theme songs sung by... Actors and actresses. So here's mm-hmm. the first one, Esmeralda. Do you remember this one, obviously? The Brady Bunch by the Brady Kids. I didn't know that they were singing. It doesn't happen until, I think, the second or third season. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, after the show became popular, that's when they, they had some generic group sing it beforehand. Oh, okay. But when the show became popular by, I think, maybe the third season, that's when the actual actors and actresses who played the Brady kids sing it. Right. Which is not weird because now thinking about it, didn't they have all those, mm-hmm. um, 
they had a few songs, didn't they? They, did. they put out yep. a couple albums as they a did. whole. There was and a, the there variety were, shows. They did variety specials. They actually sang on the show. Uh, episodes of the show, like when he became Johnny Bravo, when mm. uh, uh, Greg became Johnny Bravo, and they also did that song, It's Time to Change, where uh, Peter's voice changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time to change. They did that. And they actually, like the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, they actually you know, did medleys of other people's songs. Yeah. I'm also, I'm curious, did they hire them with those talents or did it just so happen oh, I, that they all had those talents? And it was like, I, oh, well, yeah. dang, let's well, do some variety shows and songs. No, I think that they hired them just to be cute kids. And then I don't think they have that much of those talents, Esmeralda. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they, I, you know, the, I was never very impressed with their singing ability. Um, but yeah. Now, now, the next one, Esmeralda, what, what, what do you think of the next one? Are you a fan of the next one there on the list? Um. I love Green Acres. Me too. It is such a good show. Oh, it's so good. And it's so fucking weird. It's, yes. It's, it's, that's the thing. I think that's what's great about it. Would you agree? Because it's a fucking weird show. It's a weird yes. goddamn show. Very weird. And I love, I like that, like, um, Ava Gabor in the show, like, she's very much like, yeah, I married you. I'll go there. Like and but she's like accepting it and she's just like yeah well I'll work it out this is cool mm-hmm. yeah she's not the bitch wife she's like okay yeah she's like yeah no we'll make this work yeah and then he's really sweet yeah because she can't cook I don't think like she every time do, I no. see her cooking it's like something really weird and disgusting where it's like what yeah well but he's not, so they, sweet about it he's kind of like Thanks. he's like I took I brought you here you know you're used to Fifth Avenue you know. But yeah, no, that 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 whole opening. I mean, Green Acres is a great show. Green Acres is great. It's weird. Yes. It's classic. And that opening theme song sung by Eddie Albert and Ava Gabor is legendary. It's great. Yes. And yeah, and yeah. again, and again, as well as we were talking about, it explains the whole show. Like it gives you exactly. the premise. Exactly. <laughs> and it's great though. Yeah. I love I love the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Green Acres I think is is one of those shows that kind of gets lumped into uh, all those uh hillbilly shows that were popular uh, back mm-hmm. at that time in like beverly Hillbillies, oh which right is, yeah which is a really dumb show uh but that's another one no he shot in the ground and bubbling up was a whole bunch of crude <laughs> or whatever that again tells you the whole story see but it's good because again maybe uh you know you didn't catch the first episode <laughs> that's right <laughs> so but, you don't but, know but yeah but no so, but that that it was lumped in with those shows but i think green acres was much hipper and like if you watch green acres uh the opening credits were different all the time. Like they did weird opening credits. It was a very, if you go back and watch it, Esmeralda, it's a very surreal show. There's like, it's very David Lynchian in a lot of ways. It's a weird show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird show. And the theme song is legendary. Now, yeah. all right. All in the family. Now, do you know, you, can, if, you, if, if I were to put you on the spot, could you do, uh, could you, could you do, could you sing Those Were the Days? Oh, no. No, no. Even I just, if I no. if I prep you, it's that's that's all I got. I don't know there, the actual words. There's a, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, but there's one part in it where it's like "Gr old LaSalle ran great." Mm. Uh, those were the days, and you knew what you were. That's the uh, yeah. Goyles were goyles, and men were men. You know that whole thing. But the but the uh, 
our old LaSalle ran great was a train. Mm. Uh, and so people didn't understand it. And with Archie's accent, it was like, uh, yeah, our old LaSalle ran great. But by season four, they were like, you have to re- re-record that, Carol O'Connor. And if you listen... <laughs> If you if you listen to the opening credits like around season four or five, he really over enunciates the line. Like he really goes, GR old LaSalle ran great. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Because in the first couple of seasons, people were like, What's he saying there? Because they wanted to sing along. Yeah. And it sounded like GR old LaSalle ran great. And they were like, What the hell is he saying? So the Bud Yorkin and, and the guys in charge were like, Hey, uh, Carol. Uh, really enunciate our old LaSalle ran great. So, like, if you watch it, if you want to kind of figure out what uh, season you're watching, mm-hmm. if Carol O'Connor at the beginning goes, gee, our old LaSalle ran great, then you know it's like season four or five. <laughs> Got it. Um, how about this next one, After after All in the Family? Uh, we got, I don't know that song. Oh, well, no, I know that show, but I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard it because anytime I see this show, it's always like midway. <laughs> yeah, that's Alice, um, which uh, I always find it amazing, Esmeralda, that um, a Martin Scorsese film uh, became a sitcom on CBS. <laughs> this is a movie, really? Yeah, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Directed by Martin Scorsese, starring the incredible Ellen Burstyn. That is this the show? Is this the where there she's a waitress, right? Yeah, at Mel's diner. Okay. And Vic Tayback, Vic Tayback plays Mel in the movie. Like he's the only holdover. And uh it's like a it's a it's a an incredible it's a wonderful movie featuring an incredible performance by Ellen Burstyn. It was one of those movies from the 70s w- where uh women characters became, you know, like prominent and it mm-hmm. was about the movies about women out on their own. This was like one of the first movies ever made. You know, this is like 74 or 75 when it was made mm-hmm. of 74. And this is one of the first movies, if you believe it or not, it took that long, 1974, for one of the first movies to ever be about a woman divorced single mother. You know what I mean? It was like I mean, revolutionary. <laughs> not surprised. No. But yeah, the, the, the theme song is there's a new girl in town. And it's sung by Linda Lavin. Who played Alice? Interesting. Yeah, great song. A- Alice, one of my dad's favorite shows of all time. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to ask him about it when he shows up to tell a joke in a couple of minutes. Oh right, yes, yeah. Yeah, but he nice. loves Alice and he loves Mel. Mel is his favorite. But yeah, Ellen Burstyn nominated for an Academy Award for it. Uh, Jodie Foster, one of her first movies, one of her early movies. I wonder if they asked. <laughs> I wonder if they asked Ellen Burstyn to be an Alice. Yeah, they're like you uh, won an uh, Oscar. Come on, yeah. I think I'll uh, I think I'll skip the TV version uh, because the, <laughs> the the Alice the TV show is ridiculous and it's nothing like the movie. You know what I mean? Like right. the movie is yeah. Awesome. All right, now this next one is Joni Love Chachi, which I don't remember, but it's called Look at Me, and it's Scott Baio and uh, and Aaron Moran who played Joni and Chachi singing mm-hmm. Um. Don't. I'm, I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I saw the show. I saw one one or two episodes of the show when it first came on. I was like right in right at the beginning of high school when I when that show came on. I mean, this show is shit. It's it's notorious right. as one of the yeah. worst spinoffs of all time. But I've never really heard the song. I'll have to listen to it at some point. Um. All right, Eight is Enough by Grant Goodeve. Grant Goodeve was one of the actors in Eight is Enough. I didn't know he sang the theme song. Um, again, not familiar. 
I mean, I know the show. I remember it vaguely. Yeah. But again, I think I always just catch these shows like mid mid episode and then never hear right. the theme. Yeah, song. these are not of your generation. Uh, like eight is enough uh, because that was popular. Like you were like a toddler when that show was. You were like yeah. just no, actually, probably I was a just, kid. Yeah, you were a baby when that show was popular. Now, do you, do you have you ever watched reruns of Give Me a Break? Another great, yes, with the great Nell Carter. God, I love Nell Carter. Yeah, no, those those like Give Me a Break, Different Strokes. Yeah, those came on whatever was what was Channel Fifty. What's yeah, Channel well, Fifty I, now? Channel Fifty. <laughs> is I know it what still you mean. Channel Fifty. It is still Channel Fifty. WP whatever. whatever. It's it was always Channel Fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, I think, like Saturday afternoons, they would play all these kind of eighties shows. So I do remember. Give me a break. And she sang a give me a break. She sang Nell Carter. She's an amazing singer, Nell Carter. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so funny. I love Nell Carter. I loved her. I thought she thought she was great. And I, I like the girls. And, and I remember, again, they brought in the cute little boy when the show. Because mm-hmm. at first, Dolph Sweet was like the father. He was the cop. And he mm, was the father. Yes, and yes, and yes. then he, he passed away, I guess, after the second season or something. And then it was just Nell Carter and the girls. Interesting. Do they, um, do they mention it? I think they do. I think he does. I think they do kill him off in the show. Okay. Uh, and then I guess Nell Carter as the maid. Uh, like adopts them. I don't know. Yeah. Also, apparently, uh, Joey Lawrence. Yeah, was in it. And then also, I'm seeing a picture here of the cast. Um, oh, what's this guy's name? Which one? What, uh, what was he in? He was in. No, he was in Give Me a Break, but he's like an older. Oh, the old guy. The old guy from Give Me a Break. No, the no, grandpa. no. He's not. Oh, not him? No, no, not oh. the grandpa. Now I'm like trying because I can't remember. I've seen him in like a million things, and he's mm-hmm. just like a very basic man. Okay, Jonathan Silverman. Oh God, yeah. From he's uh, Jonathan Silverman. Weekend at Bernie's, man. Yeah, he's, there you go. Weekend at Bernie's. He's not Andrew McCarthy. He's the guy who's not Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, Carter. Also, by the way, and give me a break. Getting uh, Nell Carter. Uh, I just want to mention, if you've never seen... Have you ever seen the movie version of the uh, musical Hair? No, I have not. Uh, it's great. It's really, really great. And uh, Treat Williams is in it. It's, a, it's great. And Nell Carter has two, two numbers in mm-hmm. it that are spectacular. Ooh. Uh, and it, yeah, I uh, need to watch it. I no, you it. should. And they, they do the number Black Boys and White Boys, mm-hmm. where the white girls sing about how great the black, the black guys are, and the mm-hmm. black girls sing about how great the white guys are. And Nell Carter has like the Nell Carter has like the best like verse like the, the the best verse in that whole song where she's like getting all over the white boys. It's oh my god, it's awesome! <laughs> it's awesome. So uh, just a couple more here, really quickly. Um, I guess Marla Gibbs, who was on the Jeffersons, sang Two Two Sevens theme. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that either. I didn't. Know I that. didn't know she sang. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't know she sang either, and I had no idea that she sang the theme to 227. That was one of those shows that I never watched, and not from choice. Again, that was at that time when my, in my early to mid-20s when I wasn't at home watching TV and I was out getting drunk. <laughs> right. So, uh, Lee Majors sang the Fall Guy theme. I did know that. Mm. Um, I did know that. Uh, I didn't know that Holly Robinson sang the 21 Jump Street theme. I didn't know that either. Again. Did not know she said. Didn't know that. Uh, Fresh Prince, obviously. <laughs> you know, that goes yes. without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that goes without saying. So there's are some some classic ones. Um, all right, all right, Esmeralda, are you ready to taste blood flavored lollipop? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. What I'm is just this? Waiting Ferris for the Bueller? Vomit. What's going on? Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, that I was see in my mind when you said that I was thinking Kool Aid Man. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I because it was the anniversary. Like, oh of, yeah. It was the which I prefer. It was the anniversary <laughs> of Ferris Bueller the other day, and I hate mm-hmm. that movie more than life itself. Uh, and that's why it was in my brain. <laughs> okay, so this is Melville's blood flavored lollipop to continue our taste test of weird candies. And as I warned you at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not good with cherry flavor. Yeah, I'm. Right. Uh, can't wait for the ASMR of you maybe puking. Okay. Or here at least go. gagging. Now, are there corpuscles in here? Do I see little hardened blood corpuscles? Um, it looks like there's it's a little. Let me this, see what the. Kind of lumpy. This is not good. Yeah. The brand or the, the label doesn't say anything about it. Like, But it looks like there's hardened corpuscles. Now with more corpuscles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Yes. All right. I'll try this. Here we go. No, oh, I can't do <clears throat> Nope. <laughs> <coughs> I have to drink. Yeah, that's cherry. Nope. Okay. Hold on. It's like old man cherry, too. Oh, God. <clears throat> no, no. It's not like tart and night. No. No. No, this is like old man cherry. No, this is this is exactly, t- it tastes exactly like the shit I drink in the hospital. Oh, no. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, I need my dad to tell a joke right now. <coughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. No, and Carrie. I love Nick's show. Okay. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go. All right. <coughs> Okay, before my dad tells a joke, to you okay get the, to get no, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> to get an unbiased opinion, Esmeralda, as someone who can handle the cherry flavor, mm-hmm. uh, please give me a review of the blood flavored lollipop by someone who can actually taste cherry without vomiting. It's okay. <laughs> um, no, the cherry. I really wish the cherry was more tart, mm-hmm. but it's a very like um, dull, sweet taste. Okay. Of cherry, which I'm not the biggest fan. Like I'd rather have. I want mul- I want layers of flavor in my candies. <laughs> okay. And this one is not it. It's not. So it's it. just so one, it's just regular old like cherry flavored. It's a below standard. Candy, it's, it's a it's a below standard cherry flavored candy. It feels. I'm sorry, Melville, but it feels a little cheap. Ooh. Oh, you know, like it. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like low, like when yeah. you get those really cheap candies and yeah, they yeah. just kind of tastes like sugar. Maybe that's what blood tastes like. Oh, no, I've tasted blood. Me too. <laughs> I mean, it's like you've never like sucked on, you have yeah. a wound and you're just no, like. <laughs> I've, no, I've tasted blood too. Yes, I have. And it's pretty right. funky. Okay. It is not this. All right. My, okay. Well, I wanted to get a full review, and I'm glad that, mm, that you were mm-hmm. able to do that. I wanted to give you a fair shake. Uh, oh, thanks. Now, me, I tasted, I took like a couple of licks of it and almost puked all over my dining room table. So, no. So, if you want 
to taste. What was the stuff? It's like the X-ray juice. Yeah, I don't know what it was called, but it was it was it was something that I had to taste to to make sure that my stomach was empty, and it made me shoot you know shoot diarrhea for about four feet out of my ass and made me vomit well, at the same time. If you like that flavor, <laughs> you'll love the Melville Blood Candy. There you go. All right, you ready for my dad to tell a joke? Mm-hmm. All right, Dad, do it. I bought a box of condoms. Clerk asked me, do you need a bag? I said, no, I'll just turn out the lights. Wait, we heard that one already, didn't we? Did we? Didn't we? Like the, I, think we I think my dad already need- told that one. Oh, I was going to say I don't get it, and now I got it. <laughs> no, because you got to put a bag over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over there because they're he ugly. Told, he told that one Did already. he? All right, well. Dad, all right, you're going to have to do a different one next time. Get out. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. And Hi, Carrie. I yeah. love. Hi, I'm Carrie yeah. Russell, and I oh, love Nick's show. All right. I don't have time to load another one. <laughs> so, I, I don't know why that one showed up twice. So, hmm. okay. Well, there you go. All right. Hey, uh, Esmeralda, uh, I will talk to you. Uh, to, we are going to uh, see you the next time, and then uh, I will see you definitely to, uh, to check out Tears for Fears. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on the if next... anyone is at the show, yeah, find us. Find us. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll be at the Tears for Fear show at the Hollywood Casino Village Lot Tweeter Center in Tinley Park mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Uh, but I will talk to you before then. In fact, we will be yes. recording this before that. Uh, and again, uh, thanks to my dad for telling the joke. Thank you to Dan Feinberg for all the TV knowledge. Again, you can be a sponsor, advertise on the Nick D podcast. You will reach. Trust me, a lot of people. And we're opening it up to everybody. If you want to, to be a sponsor, uh, buy some ads with us. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Do it. Be a part of the Nick D Podcast via voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email any questions or comments, NickDPodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. And uh, when you check us out at RadioMisfits.com uh, and also at any platform, rate and review us and all that cool stuff. And again, if you want to leave a voicemail anytime, 773-417-6948. Esmeralda, you rule the planet. Oh, so do you. Oh, come on now. All right. And we will <laughs> we will talk to you next time right here on the Nick D Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.